Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine Saint Clair. All aboard! And I'm hoping there's this big like comeback of everything. Speaking of which, what was your first album or your first introduction to metal? Yeah, and your first album, first concert. Hmm, okay, uh, first album. I know George Thurgood. My buddy's dad took me to go see George Thurgood when I was with him and, and you know my buddy Ray, and, and we went to see that. I remember that's like my first rock and roll-y thing, because I think I went to like Weird Al Yankovic or something when I was like really young. But um, first like rock and roll show was George Thurgood, but introduction to metal. Hmm, man. See, I, I have older brothers and they're, they're like, they're, I have three older brothers and they're 10 years away from me. So when I was a little kid, they're like, hey, look, dude, I'm like, oh, yeah, ACDC. They're like, nah, nah, here's like Gigi Allen. And, and here's I And I'm like, oh, you know. And that kind of fucked me up a little bit in the head, I guess. <laughs> like, this guy eats shit. Like, yeah, awesome. His rules. And I remember I had a Gigi Allen, like, picture cut out of a magazine on my wall in my room. And my mom came in and goes, is this who you fucking, this is your fucking hero? I'm like, yeah, why? She's like, <laughs> So disappointed, but uh, well, um, be worse. Trust me. Just... Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I turned out fine, right? <laughs> um, first intro to metal. Wow, man, that's that's tough. I, well, honestly, I don't think I can remember. I mean, I remember listening to certain bands. You know, obviously, like Kill 'Em All, like Metallica stuff. I remember that, but. First time I ever, hmm, that's tough. I do remember, I got one story. I remember younger seeing the cover for Cannibal Corpse, Butcher at Birth. And I remember, you know, he's like, they're like chopping the babies up and shit. I remember seeing that. And I remember being like, feeling weird that I owned that. Like, uh, I remember feeling where, like, I shouldn't own this. This is like a bad thing almost. Almost like this is a porno tape and my parents shouldn't see this. I should have it in a plastic bag buried outside in the woods so I can go get it at my, you know, leisure. But I remember seeing that. But going back, I can't tell you the first band, you know, but that's like an early thing. I remember seeing that Butcher to Birth cover, but first one, I mean, that's tough. That's tough. It's crazy because, you know, you go back, I worked at a heavy metal store when I was a kid. I probably right. sold albums to maybe your brothers. Uh, I was in the village. So I remember seeing this one band, Sado, S-D-A-O from Germany. And okay. it was a hot teacher on the album cover with this young kid, like looking up at her. Like nowadays that would get banned. So nobody sells it. I finally came across it. But, you know, I'm guilty I kind of downloaded the um the stuff from YouTube because no one had it online, and I've just been craving 
this whole like European, you know, 80s, 90s metal era, because it was great. Like all the Halloween album covers and stuff like yeah. that. Did, did you ever have a painted jacket? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. What, what was your very first painted jacket then? Iron Maiden Power Slave. That's so crazy. Mine was Killers. Oh, nice, nice. I mean, that's, that's the amazing. part ever. Eddie, come on. Um, I mean, I still have my like vest. Oh, Did you have a mullet though to go with any of this? No. I mean, dude, I, I still have my. It's like, oh my god. That's this person, you know. I got like uh, mentors on there. Uh, is that overkill? Overkill, repulsion, anal cunt, Gigi Allen, bird flesh. Uh, That's a really death, death. Yeah. Midnight poison idea, splatter house. You know, good stuff. Wow! And now you like you play music, which is amazing. You're in a great band called Crippler. Yeah. How often do you guys play? And have you ever done a show where you played and then wrestled later? Like what they've done with the Milwaukee Metal Fest and things like that back in the day when it was. Uh, one time we played uh, the Betty to Turnbuckle I was in. We played a show in uh, the Czech Republic of Scene Extreme. And Kirby, Kirby that um, runs the festival, he got a fucking wrestling ring just for us. To put it on the stage while we played. And uh, the day before, um, they had like some wrestling matches with all these like Czech wrestlers. And they were like, Can you wrestle? Uh, you know, tomorrow before that. I'm like, Man, I'm going to beat the shit out of myself and have people beat me up during the Eat the Turnbuckle set. And I got to wrestle early. I'm like, Yes, when, when's the fucking next time I'm going to do that? So I wrestled some dude like uh, his name was Skull Evil from the Czech Republic. And then eat the turnbuckle and played the set. But I think that's the only time I ever did that. Uh, see, eat the turnbuckle played CZW tournament of death like during intermission. I think it was like 2015, maybe 2014, maybe. I don't remember. But it's in the documentary coming up that's coming out. <laughs> um, that's that's uh, you know you're asking plus when I wrestle I mean I mean I drink a couple beers before I wrestle, but when I play music man I get fucking bombed dude you know I'm getting blown up I'm fucking doing lines and shit like that I I you know I it's kind of hard to do both you know what I mean so yeah um, rock and roll is a different animal it's really crazy you said get tatted up by some weirdo in the Netherlands so did you have an experience with a tattoo artist in Netherlands? Because that's how I found out about Three Inches of Blood when I was getting tattooed by a crazy guy in Holland. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, I know uh, a bunch of people out there. Uh, I've been in the Netherlands a bunch of times. I um, For music, tattooing, um, they, don't, they don't know much about wrestling, which is odd. But um, yeah, yeah. They have a really awesome scene out there, actually, for tattooing. In like, um, when's the last time I was there? <laughs> Hell's Angel Bar, right next to an awesome tattoo shop. Um, Panky a lot of Panky. what's up? Panky Panky tattoo. Yeah, yeah. There's um for years in Philadelphia because there's like a um 
Philadelphia Eddie's here. He's one of like the pioneers of American tattooing. You know what I mean? He's the generation right before Sailor Eddie. Um, and, and he would travel back and forth to the Netherlands a lot. So the guys under him, there was a big, you know, like, um, shift of tattooers would come from there and come to, to Philadelphia back and forth. And that's how we met a bunch of people over there. My buddy Jay, that's in, uh, the Crippler, he owns a shop called, um, uh, Old City Tattoo in Philly. And, uh, he's a big Netherlands guy. He goes over there. He's like a, um, a historian kind of. There's a dude named Eric Perfect here, historian. They're all big Netherlands. Like I said, we've all been going back and forth for years. And that's like a bit of thing for some reason because people like Amsterdam. You know what I mean? And like I said, there's good shops in Amsterdam and that's where that comes from. So if you have to describe the sound between Crippler and Eat the Turnbuckle, do you, I, like, I listened to Crippler already. I have not listened to Eat the Turnbuckle. Would you say there's any kind of a real difference in the sound? Well, I mean, you know, I'm playing the guitar. So uh, I'm another guitar player in each band too, but I, I like to do a lot of the writing. But uh, a lot of the way I play is very European, like inspired, you know, um, because when I was younger, uh, I would go overseas, you know, and, and I had bands that play overseas, like Eat the Turnbuckle and shit. And I would catch a lot of these European bands and I caught on and I would have those bands come over to the States because me and my buddy would book like New Jersey Death Fest, New York Death Fest, Philadelphia Infest. We, uh, we owned a record label called Useless Christ Records, me and my buddy Gunner. And we would have the European bands come over and stuff. And so I caught on to that like grindy style of metal over there earlier. So bands I had before, like the band called Paramedics, they were very Euro inspired metal, you know, rock and roll ish, like entombed kind of, you know, like death and roll, that type of stuff. And that's how I play guitar. So you can hear that in a lot of the bands I'm in. But the difference between the Crippler and Eat the Turnbuckle is I think Eat the Turnbuckle is a little more commercially rock and rolly metal you know what i mean and the crippler is more blast beats and like more more grindy more grind but there's grind elements that need to turn both as well we just try to keep it a little more straightforward thrashy or you know a little bit more palatable for you know people and shit because it had the wrestling element too you know we couldn't go so niche that no one would fucking it would be a you know, the music's so crazy and the stage show is so fucking crazy that it would be hard to get people to come out to see the shit. You know what I mean? Well, you'd be surprised because, uh, and I keep pushing this thing with Inferno Festival in Norway, because uh, you have black metal there, you have burning crosses, and then there are some guys like hanging from themselves, like hanging off a cross. It was so great. And awesome. that's Easter, but I'm hoping that they bring you guys there for one reason alone, because you could do <laughs> the first day, you could have Eat the Turnbuckle play, or, or both, or on second day, you could probably do Crippler or late, do it later the first day. Second day, wrestle, and then the third day, you could be a part of the big tattoo festival. <laughs> um, that was awesome. I never, I never, I never been to the, um, Norway, actually. Oh. That's one place uh, that has eluded me. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I, I love just got to make it happen. <laughs> I, I love the festivals overseas better than the ones in the States because they have more of a variety, too. Like, they'll be like Iron Maiden on a show and Foreigner and then Dying Fetus. You know what I mean? It'll be this weird, eclectic group of music where here in the States, it's like fucking 10 bands that sound like, you know, Dying Fetus and, and whoever, all extreme music. Like, you know, after 10 bands of that, you're like, oh, for Christ's sake, how many fucking blast beats can I hear? You know what I mean? Whereas over there, it, they have good mixtures of stuff. I wish they would do that over here more. Yeah, you're talking about America. Well, not to be rude, but I mean, you are talking about American bookers. And when they do these things like Fagberg or whatever his name, like he'd bring these European bands over. But there was a lot of like pay to play on the shows. So it's about this whole money thing or whatever. Uh, Eat the Turnbuckle. So how did that come up? And you have to tell me about the movie because I know it's coming out in August, everyone. So it's going to be really, really cool. I think so. Um, Eat the Turnbuckle. It's like a deathmatch metal band. I, I can't, you have to see it to describe. You know, I can't, it's hard to just, like explain. But uh, it's basically... Deathmatch wrestling and speed metal, thrash metal, you know, live performance show. And uh, there's a documentary coming out of the we we from day show one to the finish, we filmed every single show, multiple camera angles up like a ten year band lifespan. Um, it got us all over the world. We we played Vakken with Iron Maiden and. Twisted Sister. They had a Dio hologram that cost a million dollars in front of like 150,000 people. Um, and but it's it's basically a G, it started as like a Gigi Allen bar band where you know type show where we're throwing shit at people and breaking everything. What's crazy about it is it should have never left that. No other band that does that like crazy rock'em sock'em punk type shit has ever got beyond that. And for some reason, because of everyone that's been in the band has so much tenure in like the music scene, and we knew club owners, like, you know how hard it is once you get a shitty reputation, how hard it is to get booked in a fucking half-decent venue? Like, no, those guys are going to fucking destroy the PA, and maybe we might get assault charges on the fans and shit. They're going to do Drew Coke in the fucking dressing room. You know, once you get a bad name, it's hard to, you know get booked in good places on good shows. But because of the people that were in the band and because of the people we know, we always got like, oh, nah, this is a little different. These guys aren't going to break, break everything. They're just going to break themselves. And we kept getting booked on bigger and better shows and harnessing the fucking, you know, the show together. And we got to like barbecue a couple times and, you know, and, and like I said, a bigger and crazier European shows. And it's, it was like the little engine that, that could, you know what I mean? You, you start to root for it. You're like, you know, this should have never got out of the bars, but for some odd, crazy reason, you know, the planets aligned with the all these crazy fucks from this area and this city that was born in like hardcore wrestling, ECW. And they're big wrestling fans. Uh, it wouldn't happen anywhere else. You know what I mean? There's never been an ECW anywhere else or CZW. It just so happens to be this city. And in this city, there was a ton of bands that were like, you know, I keep saying Gigi Allen stage show, but that type of stuff where you're cutting your head like anti-scene and wrestling, you know, fucking influenced 
mayhem. You know, there's nowhere anywhere else on earth like it. So, you know, they made a documentary about it. It took three years. It was a year of delay because of COVID and shit. But the guy did a really good job. It's Patchtown Films, I believe, is the name of the company. And it uh, premieres August 17th in Philadelphia um, at the Underground Arts. And after the movie gets premiered, there's going to be a Q&A with everyone. And it's hosted by Larry Legend. Um, there's going to be like a red carpet and shit. And uh, then it's going to go get sent off to like the Cannes Film Festival and Sundance because it's such an obscure film. You know what I mean? Even if you don't like wrestling or crazy extreme music, you'll just appreciate how fucking insane the goddamn thing is. And it's loaded with cameos like the beautiful Jasmine St. Clair. And, you know, people like Jeff Clayton of Anti-Scene and Heathen Scum and the Mentors. And Matt Tremont and and Puslius from Guar and and you know just a, a huge assortment of crazy lunatics that we've played with and met over the years and they give like little cameos of them talk about the band and stuff like that and, and uh well it's a, it's a really good film you know I, I'm surprised the guy did a real fucking good job but I don't think there's been anything like that in a while. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, how like hated G. Jones hated and the mentors fuck video. I think hopefully, you know, it's going to be like one of those cult films. You know what I mean? There's like, you you got to see this crazy bullshit. You know what I mean? But that will definitely get released on DVD because there's no goddamn way that if I'm making a documentary movie, it's not going to be a tangible item. Well, the other thing is like Gigi Allen is such a cult icon. He's immortalized at the uh, Museum of Death in Los Angeles. There's this whole Gigi Allen section. Like there's a whole section with like a mortuary and how to like embalm bodies, uh, gates of suicide section, John Wayne Gacy. There's a Manson area, but this whole area is Gigi Allen towards the end. And there's like a film of him like playing a live show. So I can see you guys. It's great. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. It was awesome. I never, I know there's another, um, one of those in, what is it? It's in new Orleans, right? Yeah. It's there's the same two, company. Mm -hmm. Name of death. There's two of them. It's owned by the same guy. The, they have like Bonnie and Clyde's car with the bullet holes in it and shit in the one in new Orleans. But I was at the one in LA and, um, Merle, Gigi's brother. I, I've known Merle for years. Um, Merle is was is talking to the guy at the museum of death. They're gonna because they took Gigi's tombstone out of the graveyard because all the punkers were going there and shitting on it and pissing on it. And the people that owned, well, the people that run the fucking graveyard were like, "You got to get this out of here." So they removed the tombstone and sold it to the museum of death. Well, Merle said after his mother dies, he's going to try and get Gigi's corpse exhumed and sells Gigi's corpse. To the museum of death. I mean, Gigi would probably want that, right? He'd want that. I'm just trying to think how you keep the corpse there. I mean, that'll be the exhibit. Thank God I can get into there for free because I just can only imagine how much that exhibit would be. Right. You know, but at the Ronald Reagan Museum, we had the Al Qaeda exhibit, and I don't think it um it went over too well. So they had to. I it went over well, but uh they couldn't keep it there for too long. 
So, yeah, I mean, you guys are a little down in history with this big cult following, sort of like uh, American movie with Mark and Mike. I don't know if you ever saw that, but it's one of the best. Yeah. And I finally met them, but they're like big rock stars to me. Then I go to see them and meet them and they live in this like little apartment upstairs from um, a little candy apple shop. And they have like nudie uh, magazines like Blacktail and Portfolio all over it. I'm like, very interesting. So moving right along from that, it was, but it's a cult film, huh? Um, see, that I think we're going back to what we were talking about yeah. earlier, where we were like, how does, all, how does all this stuff go together? Ape trading. And in the back of magazines, you would see lists of tapes. Like I have this show of, of, Anti scene playing in North Carolina at you know, um, uh, whatever fucking show fest they were at or whatever. I have this Gigi Allen show in in Texas playing with whatever band. Um, there's the Jamie Gillis tapes. Remember Jamie Gillis? Um, then there's like the German Scheiser videotape, all the like the shit film porn on like the VHS tape. I'll trade you that or you know. G.G. Allen this, or, you know, I, there's um the best of Abdul the Butcher versus, you know, Bruiser Brody on VHS, and they would sell all those tape trades up. Um, skate videos of, you know, skater kids getting fucked up and doing tricks and being like hooligans, which turned into jackass, more or less. All those tapes that they would all kind of trade in the same universe. Crazy porno, crazy wrestling, crazy, and, you know, I think that's where it all meets together. Tangible tape trading items that don't exist anymore. Yeah, I still have this tape of JFK with the assassination. I've got to find it somewhere. It was a guy from uh, Japan that gave it to me and I traded him some things. Uh, But it has like JFK there. Like, and then you see his security from the back, like coming there and shooting him. It's like, why isn't this tape out? And of course, I can't like put it out there because then someone will come after me. Um, but <laughs> probably. <laughs> but the other stuff I put out there, who knows? You know, maybe I already have people. I'm on like some watch list. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope the film does good. I know it will. Slam Dance Festival is another great festival. Uh, if you guys go to Con, you clearly need like a translator. <clears throat> so I'm just letting you know translation services are free. Uh, from the Jasmine Translation Services. Um, okay. Yeah, duly, completely. Huh? Duly noted. Thank you. Exactly. Like, you need someone there who speaks French because you're going to go as an American. Regardless of who you are, they're going to snub you because you are an American. In that I know. And I think that's amazing. But uh, And speaking of this, uh, with wrestling, do you find that there is more of a... Um, a desire for like death matches like with the full on light tubes and everything in places like Germany London like what's the difference between death match wrestling markets here and there uh, I mean here it I mean it's growing out of it slightly but in the states it was like hillbilly backwoods crazy death match stuff you know um those kind of fans, and, and it kind of is, it's kind of mainstreaming a little bit. I mean, you see little glimpses of it on, like, AEW every once in a while, and, you know, you, you see people starting to bleed a little bit again, like an impact and shit. I just saw a PCO versus some dude, and he was getting his mouth stapled shut and shit, bleeding all over the place. Um, 
you know, so it's kind of coming out of the, the you know the the underground underground here backwoods in Japan. It's it's like it's very. I mean, you're you're like a fucking god there. They look at the deathmatch guys as superior to the regular wrestling, you know, mat wrestling guys. They think it's like an elevated step above it. Rather here, they think it's like garbage wrestling. But that's because I mean that's like anything. You know what I mean? You have good guys in deathmatch wrestling, and you have lousy guys. You have guys that just stand there and break light tubes over each other's head. Any any fucking retard could do, you know what I mean? But then you have the guys that actually, it's called deathmatch wrestling, that wrestle with the fucking weapons, you know what I mean? But most people are got blinders on just like to everything else in reality, you know what I mean? And they only see the guys that break the tubes and are like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah, but what about all these other guys that really know what the fuck they're doing and really make it look like a respectable thing. Well, in Japan, they don't have the guys that just stand there and break the light tubes. It's all, you know, you got to go through major training and for years until you graduate to deathmatch stuff. And, you know, so it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond, you know, here it's in Japan, wrestling, deathmatch wrestling is, it's, it's, it's life. You know what I mean? In Mexico, wrestling and lucha and deathmatch wrestling is like fucking religion down there you know what i mean they it's you know they don't really have a lot of people don't have cable or tv for that matter so what do they do they spend their money to go watch the wrestling matches that's their live entertainment you know what i mean um here in the states they look at it as a fucking joke some people you know what i mean and wrestling in general which is fucked up you know but uh, I think it's growing out of that basement and it's, you know, and, and as for the UK, it, it's kind of just being born, I think. You know, they've had wrestling forever, like catch wrestling, you know, your favorite. <laughs> but um, I think it's more or less just being born. They're starting to get a good seat, just like Australia. I, I think Australia had stuff like, you know, the sheep herders that turned into the bushwhackers. They had like no real barbed wire matches years and years ago. That's what made the sheep herders big. But, you know, just like extreme deathmatch with lots of glass and stuff. That's kind of birthing there, too. And Germany had it for a while, too. Germany was big with WXW, but they cut the deathmatch. You know, they pretty much neutered it out of the company, you know, and not, like with Thumbtack Jack and stuff when he was huge. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's going to make a comeback there. I, I, I would imagine so, since the rest of the world is it's starting to elevate. You know, why would Germany not want a piece of the pie as well? Of course, they're Germans. The Scheisses. The Scheisse. Right. Oh, I don't mean that about German fans, by the way, because we like German fans. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so anyway, moving right along. Um, yeah, so do you think less is more with deathmatch wrestling, or do you think, like, you kind of tease that thing with the light tube in the corner of the ring, and then finally, bam! Or, like, I, do you think, like, more is better? I mean, I don't even know what these fans are thinking. Like, yeah, but... Do you think less is more sometimes? <laughs> uh, I mean, less is always more, you know, with everything. You, what, whatever's in your mind, whatever you create in your mind is going to be a thousand times more insane than you'll ever see in your life. So if you can, if you're a good enough performer in anything, if you're a good enough performer to give the illusion of something, that something is going to be crazy and then build up to crazy rather than do crazy the entire time, you know, you're going to get more bang for your buck. So, yes, of course, especially with longevity and things. You know, and as far as going as a show, 
you know, why the hell would you want eight deathmatch, crazy glass deathmatches in every single slot? I mean, you're going to have some blood pigs out there and some blood marks that's like nothing but violence. You don't get me wrong. I'm a massive advocate for fucking violence, you know, but you're, you're only cheapening the eighth and seventh and sixth match because you're going to be so exhausted by seeing all that shit in the beginning of the card that by the time you get to the end of the card, it's like, oh, okay, another power bomb through a sheet of glass. Oh, another, you know, whatever through whatever, you know what I mean? So it's kind of foolish, you know, in a business standpoint to begin with. Um, let alone longevity and stuff like that. But, you know, there's a time and place. I I like hyper-insane matches where there's fucking 500 light tubes and shit like that. But I like that because I'm motherfucking XPW king of the fucking deathmatch belt holder. You know what yeah. I mean? All-time length, too. I think I'm, like, at around 400 days, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from that, leave that to the guy that's got the fucking deathmatch belt to do the crazy shit. You don't need all that crap in a match. In all honesty, me personally, I think I have better matches when you just give me a fucking chair or just thumbtacks. The wrestler gets more creative and you see more obscure things. You know what I mean? Rather than the same focused on bullshit that you see when you have the same exact weapons over and over and over in every single match. It loses its creativity. That's true. I mean, do you see, do you ever, okay, so there will be some countries in Europe that would want XPW there, but they have a very uh, strict set of guidelines when it comes to blood. Now, I what I always say to people is these guys, they started with wrestling. They can wrestle. So this is, so they all know how to do everything else, like the headlocks, whatever, a hair beal, everything like that. But this is what they're doing to take take it to the next level. Do you think you would ever see yourself or XPW going somewhere where there has to be less blood than normal and still pulling off a successful show? Because I personally think they can. Oh, I mean, everyone... It, the, look at the roster in XPW today. I mean, yeah. everyone... No, everyone, no, everyone is at the top of the game when it comes to the crazy shit. But you know why everyone is at the top of the game when it comes to crazy shit? Because they actually know how to fucking work in a ring. And it's not just break things. Everyone can actually go. Everyone can actually wrestle. So, yes, 100,000%. I even get on Raw. You know, I'm sure I'm going to get some heat for this. But I'm like, too many death matches. You know what I mean? Too many. Like I said, three matches with glass and then a couple hardcore. And started off with some lucha matches, some strong style stuff. You don't need all that, you know? A nice cornucopia of wrestling rather than the same flat one dimensional show. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely think XPW could pull off, you know? I mean, you don't want to completely neuter it and have zero blood. I mean, that's part of the XPW lifeline, you know what I mean? Even going back to original XPW. You know, you had your couple crazy matches where the dudes are bleeding all over the place. You know, it's extreme wrestling, for Christ's sake. You can't have extreme wrestling without hitting someone in the head with a fucking chair or going through a table or bleeding all over the place. You know what I mean? You, got, you need that. Um, yeah. But uh, we can definitely, you know, do without a lot of that stuff if we have to. If we have to. If we have to. Yeah, I remember when MMA first came to Scandinavia, I was taking JKD lessons in Sweden, but 
we had a few MMA fights in Norway and this little traveling group of people and they couldn't have blood at the time. I think it's changed. I'm hoping it's changed. But yeah, I mean, XVW came up with a lot of cool stuff, like some crazy bitch coming out through a ring, a fireball, cage matches and stuff like that. And, you know, we're bringing it back. I feel that we are also um, doing something that a lot of other companies are not doing and they're copying us clearly. Uh, where do you think wrestling is lacking mostly these days? What do I think wrestling is like? Tits and ass. Thank you. <laughs> I so appreciate that. Well, managers, yes. Yeah. Managers. Biologically, biological female managers, by the way. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I mean, aside from TNA, you know, um, storylines and characters. Every, that's one thing about XPW. Every single person, and it's not even characters. This is how these people in XPW actually really are in real life. It's, there's no acting. The hardcore hillbilly is actually a fucking hillbilly from the goddamn middle of the woods somewhere. The necro butcher is actually a gigantic redneck from West Virginia. Uh, Drake Younger is actually a fucking Trumper that lives in Florida. Schlack is actually a shithead piece of crap, fucking old school metalhead punk rocker. It's Jasmine St. Clair is the lovely, innocent Jasmine St. Clair. Dude, I'm a hardcore <laughs> Trump supporter. I'm more about Trump supporter than like any of those guys. Oh, together. I, 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 no, 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 <laughs> that's what Drake is. You know what I'm saying? Um, but there's no there's no characters. It's actual reality. Joe is a gigantic proper British chap. You know what I mean? It's everyone is Masada is a fucking good old boy from Texas. It's these are the, the body is a real creepy fucking sex addict weirdo uh, from Canada. Maybe yeah. that's the yeah, Lou Nixon is actually a very he's he reminds me so much of Conor McGregor. Yeah. It's like deathmatch wrestling. Like he has so much potential. And Rob gets these guys. Like somehow they all find their way to Rob, whether we right. cancel somewhere or um, you know, we just find want to work somewhere cool. And speaking of which, do you work a lot or do you limit yourself to how many bookings you take due to your XPW um duties? Um, I definitely have cut my, you know, schedule down in half since working with XPW. One, I think it allows me to have a better gym schedule, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm not, like, wrestling twice a goddamn weekend all over the country, flying back more than only being able to go to the gym a couple days a week. It allows me to stay in the gym more, and, you know, I, I do appreciate that, you know. I mean, for literally the last eight Suck fucking some odd years. I've wrestled like 70 death matches a year, you know. Um, give or take, maybe some of those are regular matches, but primarily all death matches. So, you know, it's kind of relaxing. I'm like, and, and uh, you know, I'm expected to go fucking completely haywire every single match in XPW because I'm the king of the fucking death match. So, of course, I have to fall off of the 20 foot ladder into fucking glass and stuff. Of course, I got to jump off scaffoldings. You know, that's my job. That's my, you know, my slot in the company at this moment in time. So, you know, the, the less I have to do that, 
a month, pretty much the better for my body, the better for my longevity, the better for the company. I'm a company guy. You know what I mean? No, we know that you are definitely by far. Um, you remind me very much of Tommy Dreamer in the fact that he is a locker room, a locker room leader completely. You know, guys like you, Masada, who's very good with. Um, I think he's really good with spots, like coming up with spots, even if it's someone else's match. His like constructive um, additions always make things like so much fun. You know, same with you. And, uh, you know, I always saw you as like a locker room leader and, you know, who knows, maybe, um, maybe you'll, uh, someone will call you to like swipe you from us. And I know you wouldn't go. Uh, no, I, I like to, I like being down here in the gutter. I know it's so much <laughs> more fun here, isn't it? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so last question about wrestling. I don't know if something else will come up out of this. What do you think it is that titillates these guys and girls that come to deathmatch wrestling? Like, why do they want to sit there and see someone get beat with a light tube and all this stuff? Do you think it's because they're scared and they can do it themselves? Uh, I mean, maybe, I guess, for some people, you know, I mean, they, they live vicariously through the uh, insane lunatics in the ring that, that do it, you know? I mean, like you said, they they don't have the balls to do it themselves or they don't want to do it. You know? Uh, I mean, I think it's the closest thing to modern day gladiators in ancient Rome. You know what I mean? Come on, tell me if you weren't alive at that time in history and the, the gladiators were, Hey, um, Sir Viticus or whatever is fighting a fucking giraffe tomorrow. You want to go watch it? You know, damn well, me and you would be front row. You know? So, uh, I think it's the closest thing you can get to modern day gladiators and, you know, I think it's it's a especially deathmatch wrestling is way better in person than it is on a tape or watching it on film. It's very visceral, and especially you have a couple beers, and everyone around you is fucking yeah, like supercharged. You know what I mean? And you really get into it that way. I think it's a great atmosphere to uh, release. You know, scream. I mean, people. I mean, I know when I was a fan, I would go to shows and my voice would be practically gone by the end of the show from screaming and being an asshole. You know what I mean? It's a good way to vent, you know, uh, that's probably why, you know, I mean, or you just secretly fucking, you know, maybe think all the guys are hot. <laughs> oh my, well, you know, I, you know, it's, uh, it's quite possible. I have this one guy, like, asking me all these questions about hard body all the time. I'm like, why don't you just message him? He's like, oh, no, I'm just, like, too scared. I'm like, what's scared of him? I can, I can kick his ass. So, well, maybe not, but, you know, it's like, just message him. So I think that he has a stalker. Uh, I'm sure he has uh, several extreme weirdos that... Uh... Probably would like to get him a little, you know, like to know him a little better than uh, what they see on film. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I think I'll pass on that. I, I, I adore the guy, but no, nah, I think I'll just um, pass on that. You know, just these things with XPW, it's only in XPW wrestling. You will see someone catch on fire and still go through a match. You'll see someone like Drake Younger do seven matches to the end, standing there with a trophy, you know, and then we'll see you, you know, I'm sure when you walk through the airport, um, the little scanner, you pr probably set it off and it's like, it doesn't make a difference. It's just, we all meet in this place called XPW wrestling, which is a really special place. And then 
you have your whole thing outside of there where you have your medal that meets wrestling, you know, and you get to see your family there with the turnbuckle and the crippler and then your tattoos, which is, you know, it's a big deal to me. I think it's cool, all the things you do. And it's very European because bands there do things like two or three different bands at once. Um, where do people find you? Actually, no. What would you be doing if you didn't have any of this going on? Like no tattoos, no art, nothing. What would I be doing? Besides jacking off, what else would you be doing? I, uh, I probably, I don't know, maybe uh, I like the water a lot. I would probably be uh, on a boat somewhere. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, I like I like pirate stuff. I like to see, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm from Atlantic City, so I, I, I've always liked water, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I'm close to a goddamn pirate, right? I'm covered in tattoos. I'm missing my teeth, you know. I have a real scruffy voice, you know. I talk like a sailor. <laughs> uh, so I would probably be doing something like that. Or I would be, you know, passed out on a fucking beach somewhere, getting drunk. High bums or something. I don't know. That works. They make money actually every month from the government. So you'd probably be really good. You, I don't think you'd be good at it. I think you'd probably get really bored fast. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. That's why I need it helps me stay alive. So, what if people want to find you and like go to the shows aside from XPW? Where can they find you virtually in this gorgeous virtual world? Um, everything is at Schlack187. Instagram.com slack backscore slack 187, Facebook slack 187. You go to my website if you want merch and other bullshit like that. It's www.nogodonlyschlack.com. Uh, YouTube, just look up Schlack TV. That's got everything from like interviews I've done to music videos for my bands that I've edited or other people have edited. Uh, I put up certain wrestling matches that I like up on there, live performances of bands, you know, just anything schlack, you know, your one-stop schlack shop. Uh, what's next? Um, XPW in Pomona, June 24th, schlack versus Big Lou Nixon, August 17th, Eat the Turnbuckle Premiere and Underground Arts in Philadelphia. Um, working on a new Crippler EP 7-inch. Uh, and I have another band I'm actually starting with a couple other guys. It's a porno grind band. Um, where it's all about, like, porno and, you know, it's blast beats and, like, straightforward rock and roll type riffs. I just started putting that together. So that'll be coming out soon. I don't want to divulge the name yet until I have, like, a bunch of, like, stuff to post. But you're going to like it because it's going to have, like, like, samples of, like, porn you know, girls moaning and shit in it and all kinds of fucked up names, you know, like Texas Asshole Massacre and stuff. Trust me, you're going to love it. It's great. Yeah, my eyes lit up. Are you going to be using, like, old school um, porn photos for the covers by any chance? Of course I am. I'm old school, Jasmine. That's perfect. That's awesome. Hopefully Rob Black can help, uh, help with some of these, you know, images and you know some people own a lot of their images um so you never know but i think that's awesome so once again oh. you're slacking like crazy I'm trying and, uh, doing as much as you can which is important so thank you so much for hopping on here with us today no problem jasmine it was my pleasure thank you
I hope you're enjoying the ride on Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair podcast. So if you are, do me a huge, huge favor. Woo! Please go ahead. Go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, but Apple's great. Give me a nice rating and review. Send me a screenshot and I promise you I will send you a special goodie bag. So please rate and review Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair podcast. And in exchange for that, once I see the DM with the review and your name and address, I will get those gift bags out to you. I'm not going to tell you what's in it. (laughs) 